you're listening to the Saluki Gamescast. This is episode 48 for June 9th, 2023. My name is Justin Young, and joining me is OJ Duncan. OJ, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I start teaching next week, so I'm I'm taking it real easy this week. Uh, so it's pretty good. And then I get back to teaching, and then it'll be that time of the summer semester for me. So, so let me ask you, are, are you teaching in person or online? I'm teaching in person. Okay, so what difference, if any, do you notice between summer courses and, you know, fall, spring courses? Well, so the, I'm teaching two separate summer courses and they're both two hours every Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really, really hard to keep people's attention for two hours the whole time. Um, so I usually ask James Cameron. <laughs> well, I mean, we can't all be James Cameron and be bad at that, but you know, <laughs> um, so I think the, the biggest thing is that I, I always, um, one of the big things that I do with this one course that I teach is Monday and Wednesday is more of a lecture. And then we do an, um, an activity on Friday mm-hmm. and I can't do that with this one because then it's going four days with lecture of two hour lectures and then an activity. Um, so I have to integrate the activities more into what I'm doing so that it's a lot more, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Diverse and um, like the delivery yeah, and, method. And people are, I don't know. I just, see, I'm, I, I'm relaxing too much now and I can't remember where it's more active. Yeah, that's it. Active. Yeah. Uh, yeah and so students are, are, are doing more within it to, to keep them motivated. Yeah. I, I tell the story sometimes that I had a, a friend um, who was a professor when I first started teaching and he, um, he taught, radio and television. And so his view was you need it to do a, like a commercial break. Mm-hmm. And he said, so like every 10 minutes or so, mm-hmm. he would just do like a two minute commercial break and do okay. something completely different than like mm-hmm. lecturing to the students. Mm-hmm. So he would take a little break or something. And I try to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I teach now, like I can't lecture for 50 straight minutes. Right. right. There needs to be mm-hmm. something like even just a video mm-hmm. so they can like check out from listening to me for a couple minutes. Um, so like, like I think that's great with like mm-hmm. an activity trying to integrate that into the middle mm-hmm. of, okay, well, we're not going, it's not going to be two hours of just listening mm-hmm. to me because even I don't want to listen to that. Right, right. <laughs> As people are listening to this podcast, uh-huh. it will almost certainly go close yeah. to two hours. <laughs> we're going to have an activity in yeah. the middle. We'll break it up for you. <laughs> Being cognizant right. of what we're talking about. Um, but, yeah, all right, great. So getting back into teaching, that mm-hmm. sounds that yeah. sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited to do it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been about a year since I've done, since I taught. So well, it's been, it has been a year since I taught because I taught last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little, I mean, I, I'm sure it's like going back in and riding a bike, but I've been teaching continuously for the past, like, five years mm-hmm. up until this year, so. I'm like, oh no! What if I, what if they hate me when I go back? And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think that's a, a, a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll hate you, but I, I completely get that concern of I'm going back in. I haven't done this in a while, mm-hmm. and do I remember how to do it? Yeah. Uh, it? It always that's less of an issue for me as, as much as it is when I'm going back and teaching a course I've taught a lot before. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I've taught a course like. 10 times before, mm-hmm. and then I don't teach it for a few years, and then I come back and teach it again, mm-hmm. 
then I feel like the timing of it, like, mm-hmm. you know, day to day and week to week yeah. is completely off for mm-hmm. me. And so I really do struggle with that. Um, you know, taking a year off from teaching it ends up not being that bad, but going back and teaching an old course, mm-hmm. especially one that I feel like I got down to a really good rhythm, mm-hmm. uh, really does throw me off quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's uh, so. I I taught last year. I taught this course, the three hundred one I, the mm-hmm. communication across cultures, uh, and then I taught public speaking for that summer. But I hadn't taught that one for like three years before mm-hmm. that. So it, I, I totally understand that feeling of coming back and be like, oh, I don't know. Because I keep notes that I look at the right. next time I teach, but I didn't have notes for my last semester for that one. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a whole different structure, too. I always feel like I should keep very detailed notes digitally mm-hmm. because the same thing, like if I keep mm-hmm. them physically, I'm going to misplace them in three mm-hmm. years' time. Yeah. Um, so I always feel like I should have all this super well organized and I very much respect the people who do, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm never going to be that person mm-hmm. I, I fear. So, um, maybe there needs to be some different way I approach uh, it. I don't know. So I, I had something that was kind of a middle ground in there. Um, I had, it's called the rocket book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, uh, for those who don't know if it's, it's a notebook and you use special pens on it and it's kind of like a plastic page. Um, and you use the pen on it, and then you can wipe, use white water and wipe it off. And at the bottom of each page, it has little icons and a QR code. And so you scan it with the app, and it puts your notes into, like, a PDF. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was pretty awesome. However, uh, I accidentally deleted the file that had all of them in it because it went to a specific <laughs> file or f- folder, and then I deleted it, and they were all gone. So, Yeah, can't help you much if you delete it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we are obviously a small crew for this week, uh, but we felt like we wanted to get in here because there's been quite a bit of news over this week. But before we jump right into that, let's talk about what you've been playing. OJ, have you been playing much? Uh, so, yes, I've been playing quite a bit, actually. Uh, I finally got Tears of the Kingdom, and so I've okay. been playing that. Um, I know we talked before about the weapon system and like the, the new stuff with fusing and stuff mitigating. I love love it now. <laughs> I have, um, I've just had a really good time right off the bat. I was able to get really, make really good weapons, really strong weapons, mm-hmm. um, which with breath of the wild, it felt like it was really long until I got something that was good. Um, and now I feel like, like I got a 20, um, attack power weapon, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to do any spoilers, but I like the way that the towers are approached now, um, rather than in breath of the wild. Um, because I, it was just, it was really annoying sometimes getting getting some of the towers in Breath of the Wild. It's, it's much easier for the ones that I found, at least, um, mm-hmm. in Tears of the Kingdom. And I went through the first big dungeon. Like, I mean, you can go to them in any order, but the right. the recommended one in the game, I went to the first one, too. Um, and went through last night and beat it, and I thought it was really great. Uh, I thought the boss was really great. Um, I wasn't a gigantic fan of all the bosses in Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. um, but this boss, I thought it was really unique mechanic, and I really liked it. I, I think that was generally kind of a letdown for mm-hmm. a lot of people, both the dungeons and the bosses mm-hmm. in Breath of the Wild. If there was one yeah. big sort of down point, uh-huh. I think even big fans mm-hmm. of the game pointed out yeah. was uh, generally that. And yeah, I, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think that's been mitigated mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Here. 
that um, and or not even just mitigate, improved. Yeah, I guess say. vastly improved in my opinion. Yeah, um, the doing the arrows is is much better than it was, um, and uh, just a lot of things. A lot of things are improved. Even things that I thought were good were made better mm-hmm. with this one. Um, the abilities that you get is pretty awesome. Um, better than. I mean, they're similar, but better than Breath of the Wild, in my opinion, the special abilities. So I, I, I'm really having a good time playing it. Great. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that because we talked about it last week when you weren't here mm-hmm. uh, about the weapons and everything mm-hmm. and how, you know, my feeling, and that was something that annoyed me about Breath of the Wild. Yep. Um, I, like, I get it from a design standpoint. Mm-hmm. I get what they're going for. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those things where... Uh, I, I, I'm kind of weird with video games. Sometimes I really like the micromanagement games. Mm-hmm. So I'll like something like a Sim City or, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Two Point Hospital, mm-hmm. those sorts of games. Yep. I like those sort of management Sims. But then I also like very arcadey games. Mm-hmm. And I don't like a whole lot in the middle sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like Breath of the Wild at times move too much into that middle mm-hmm. where it was taking away from the classic sort of very arcadey action mm-hmm. of a Zelda game into a lot of here you're going through menus and doing a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and there's still actually a lot of that, maybe even kind of more because you're combining weapons and stuff, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's more rewarding. Yeah this time so like it's annoying me less to (laughs) have to stop and go into a menu because my stick broke yeah Yeah. because here at least well i'm going in there and i I get to create some new weapon and so i feel more rewarded Mm -hmm. um in the process than i did playing breath of the wild yeah absolutely and um the another thing which like i dealt with and it, it didn't get as as annoying well, I mean, no, it was annoying, but I was able to get through it easier. And Breath of the Wild is all of the big giant mechanical things that kept on popping up that shot lasers at you. Mm-hmm. And those aren't here. Um, and I felt it really good. So, like, uh, one area in Breath of the Wild, like the big forgotten temple, when you go into it, there's, like, tons of those big metal things that are shooting lasers at you. And it was really horrible and annoying. And then going in there, and it's nothing at all in, in this game, too. Uh, is I felt like such a weird wave of relief because I saw it and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go in here. And then uh, like it was, it was, it was easy. So um, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, ev- everything is better than Breath of the Wild. Uh, at least as far as I've seen, there may be some stuff that I haven't seen yet. Cause I haven't, I only explored parts of the map. I haven't seen the whole thing, but mm-hmm. um, and my horses can't like carried over from Breath of the Wild too. Right. So that was <laughs> I I didn't know that and so I spent time catching a horse and then when I went into the stable to register it it was like oh here's your other horses and I was like oh okay. <laughs> but, so I thought that was a neat little carryover. Yeah, um Yeah, I mean this you know I talked about it a bit l- last week and even the week before um or at least the episode before. Mm-hmm. Um it's it just feels like here was this sort of breakthrough of a game. Mm-hmm. And you know, we expect of a sequel a refinement, right? Mm-hmm. Like all sequels or most sequels, unless they're Super Mario Brothers 2 or yeah. Zelda 2, <laughs> yeah. 
um, are usually refinements of mm-hmm. the game before them, right? Mm-hmm. They don't throw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. and start over. They refine that and develop it. But this feels like a refinement where they fixed most mm-hmm. of the things that annoyed people yeah. and then added really cool stuff mm-hmm. on top of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there have been sequels that have done that before, but just very few of those sequels were to the game that, you know, GQ was calling the best game ever made. Yeah. Yeah. And so to see like a game mm-hmm. that beloved and that, and then be refined that mm-hmm. much, right? Like Mario 64, when it came out and was so beloved, it didn't get that refined sequel. Right. Right. You know, Super Mario World didn't get that refined mm-hmm. sequel. Um, Ocarina of Time got Majora's Mask, yeah. <laughs> which is, like, really cool because it's this weird experiment, mm-hmm. but it's not that refined sequel right. that a lot of people want it, yeah. right? We kind of had to wait till um, Wind Waker to get yeah. that. Um, so it's really cool seeing them do this and seeing it work so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear you're having a similar experience because, mm-hmm. you know... I, I do worry about that with this game because everybody, when I talk to them, when they find out I'm playing it, they're like, okay, should I get this? And I'm like, well, did you like the last one? Because <laughs> if you like that last one, definitely. If you yeah. didn't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to react to it. Mm-hmm. I think you'll like it. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. you should, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, obviously taste is entirely subjective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so Tears of the Kingdom, and it uh, sounds like a very big thumbs up for that so mm-hmm. far. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Um, no, that's been most of my time. So. Well, that will take up most of your time. <laughs> yeah, for a while to come, it seems like. Um, all right, well, I played some more of Tears of the Kingdom. I've, I've talked about that the last two episodes, so I did play something new just so I could have something else slightly different to talk about. Um and obviously, we just talked about Tears of the Kingdom. I don't really have anything new to add to that without getting into spoiler territory, and I really don't want to do that because um, I, I think that game, part of the joy of it is, you know, mm-hmm. like Breath of the Wild, it's mm-hmm. going over a hill and finding something yeah. you didn't expect to be there. Um, so I did play a game called Planet of Lana. So Planet of Lana is, um, if you've ever played Inside, um it is a sort of cinematic platformer. Um, so you, it's about your, so I guess the thing that really sells this game is it has this very much sort of like watercolor painted look to it. Um, and you start off and you're a character Lana in this uh, sort of little fishing village and you and this other character run up onto a hill and then aliens start landing And they have this very sort of, I guess, like a squid look to them. But, like, I kept thinking it was very much straight out of, um, you know, War of the Worlds to an extent. Like, it kept reminding me of that, uh, even though it doesn't look exactly the same Mm -hmm. design-wise. And your entire village gets captured by these aliens. And when they're getting captured, they're getting put into, like, these cages and the characters are all, like, screaming as they get carried away, which is kind of disturbing while you're playing it because you just hear these characters all in, like, multiple different characters screaming in different ways as they're getting carried away, which is kind of horrific as you're playing it. Um, And then, so, like, when I say it's a cinematic platformer, it's the sort of game where, um, you know, Limbo or Inside where 
print the original Prince of Persia, where everything is very animated and very deliberate. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do a jump, you kind of have to like place yourself and then do the jump and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly not Mario physics in yeah. the way we think of a traditional platformer. Um, but you kind of walk into scenes and you have to like kind of puzzle your way through the scene. So like, for example, one of the very early ones is there's a, uh, I guess this is one of the aliens. Um, cause it seems like all the alien stuff is colored black in the game. Um, but like, it's basically looks sort of like a boar and you're standing up on a rock ledge above it and you have to get past it. So Basically, you have to drop down, get the board to run at you, climb back up, then jump over it and run and jump over to the next cliff. Mm -hmm. And then the board like falls off into its death. <laughs> and then you have to climb down and actually carry its body over <laughs> and like mm -hmm. use it to hold down a switch mm -hmm. while you get through the next section. Um, and then eventually you uh, get in contact with this alien that's sort of like a little cat. Um, and it, you befriend it and it starts helping you solve puzzles so you can control it and use it as a sort of way to solve some of these puzzles. Um, it's, it's a fun little game. I think if you've never played Limbo or Inside or one of those style of games, um, then probably you would like it even more. Actually, there was a game of this style of War of the Worlds that came out. I want to say during the, like the PlayStation three era and had Patrick Stewart doing narration for it. Mm -hmm. Just the <laughs> thing that most sticks out of my head. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really, it's very pretty. It's just another one of these. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing that really makes it stand out. And if you've played through limbo or inside, if you're looking for more of that, then this is great. If you kind of feel like you got your fill of that style of game with those games, then so far, at least, I don't feel like this is doing enough new to keep me playing it. Mm -hmm. um, despite it being very pretty and, you know, very kind of uh, in, enchanting with some of its style mm -hmm. and everything. But, um, yeah, I may go back and play it some more. Uh, it just depends. You know, Tears of the Kingdom, I feel like more of my time is better spent there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least for right now. Mm -hmm. Um when you were talking about that boar puzzle, it made me think of the goat puzzle in Broken Sword. <laughs> like, you kind of have to do this and jump here and do this really quickly and do all that because... Yeah, <laughs> it's very much that style. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, you know, very much that style. Um, you know, I guess another game of this style would be, like, Out of This World. Mm -hmm. That's an older game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just those style of games, mm -hmm. which either you like or you mm -hmm. don't like. I think very quickly you figure out if you like that mm -hmm. style of game or not. Yeah. Uh, and this one doesn't, like I said, it doesn't do anything that I think is going to win over new converts to the genre. Mm -hmm. um, all right, that does it for what we've been playing. We're going to jump right into news because we have a ton of news. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Summer Games Fest kicked off yesterday with its big event. And so we had quite a few big announcements and trailers and other things that came out of that. Um and so we're going to kind of run through these real quick and maybe talk about the ones that we're more interested in and everything. So they kicked off the show showing Prince of Persia, the lost crown. So uh, speaking of cinematic platformers and <laughs> Prince of yeah. Persia, mm -hmm. uh, this very much looks like the original Prince of Persia. I mean, it's a 2d side scroller and everything. It doesn't 
look like it plays anything like the original <laughs> Prince of Persia. So it's very heavy combat focused. Um, you know, they showed some sections where you were having to do some very depth platforming that looked like something straight out of Celeste or, mm. you know, um, Super Meat Boy, one of those style of games and everything. Um, you know, it's neat to see them doing a new Prince of Persia game, I guess. Um, and this one looked fun. It looked like it was a good one uh, in that style. Um, I don't know if, if you had any thoughts, OJ. Um, so I really liked the original Prince of Persia games. It, it didn't really look as much as like like those that I thought it would. Yeah. Um, so I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to want to play it or not. All right. Well, that comes out uh, beginning of next year, January 18th. So just right after the Christmas season. So I guess if you get a new console, you have a new Prince of Persia yeah. game to buy <laughs> on it. Uh, coming out September 19th is Mortal Kombat 1. And we got our first gameplay trailer of this. And I guess the big thing that really stands out about this gameplay trailer is that it did actually show the, uh, um, I forget what they're calling it, the cameo uh, system in it where you can have other characters who like jump into the middle of your fight and contribute uh, a move as part of a combo or something. So uh, as part of that, they showed like, so apparently some of the main, uh, <laughs> some of the main roster characters, like for example, Sub-Zero, you can play as Sub-Zero, but you can also use Sub-Zero as a cameo. Um, so, for example, they showed like Johnny Cage with Sub Zero jumping in in the middle of the fight, um, and they just jump in and do a quick move. It, you don't take control of them. This isn't a sort of Marvel versus Capcom where you're playing multiple different characters. This is more almost like an assist trophy in uh, Super Smash Brothers uh, type system. Um, so that was the thing that really kind of stood out. Uh, I think as far as like new innovations in the game, uh, they did show. You know, a lot of the different characters in the game, they showed um, both Sonya and uh, Kano in their sort of original Mortal Kombat 1 style outfits. So, like, uh, Sonya in that, like, sort of green, like, uh, jumpsuit and Kano in his white uh, gi with uh, the laser eye and all that. So, that all looked pretty cool. I, I So, I'm a big fan of Kano. Uh, I always have been. Uh, but especially in the last game, because he was very, very attractive. So <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate um, bringing back the characters. I really like the cameo system because, like, Mortal Kombat 1 was very much everyone against everyone. But, like, this adds, like, a, hey, we're working together type. Like, right. Like, like move with it. So, like, we're subverting what we were forced to do in all the other games and stuff like that. So I really, really kind of appreciate that. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder if there will be special bonuses for comboing up particular mm -hmm. characters, yeah. right? Like if you use Scorpion and Sub-Zero together, mm -hmm. are they going to have a special move mm -hmm. that's unique to that combo? Yeah, um, like and, blast people with steam with the fire and the ice together, right? Right, yeah, yeah, that would be really cool, mm -hmm. you know, if they had stuff like that in there. Mm -hmm. And it seems like with that, that catalog of characters, you could mm -hmm. really do that. Yeah. Um, and they brought back Striker, everyone's mm -hmm. favorite, uh, <laughs> everyone's favorite cop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just love that they bring Striker back every once in a while because mm -hmm. he's this character that has always been kind of a joke, yeah. and they just keep bringing him back. Yeah. They just kind of leaned into it, so good for them. <laughs> um, they showed off Sonic Superstars, so this is the first I think anybody has known about this game. 
this is a new 2D side-scrolling Sonic game uh, with completely 3D graphics. Um, very high detailed, you know, high resolution graphics. Very much popped on screen and everything looked pretty cool. Uh, but it also has up to four-player co-op, which I guess is the really unique thing about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of reminded me of the more recent Rayman games where mm-hmm. you could do four players mm-hmm. on, uh, through levels. This looked like they were borrowing, at least mm-hmm. from that, <laughs> a yes. bit. Um, Alicia's not here. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to talk about Sonic News, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which we just hold until she's not here. Um, I don't know. What do you think of the new Sonic? I, I didn't really delve too much into it. I'm, I should have, but I didn't. <laughs> That's okay. Right. Um, but no, I, I, the four-player four co-op is pretty awesome. Did it look like uh, the new Super Mario Brothers ones, kind of? Or? Uh, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a, a good comparison. I would say that's a little bit more high-resolution detailed mm-hmm. than those games okay. have been. Um, you know... And so, like, I mean, I assume this game is coming to be able to be played in 4K mm-hmm. on the new systems mm-hmm. and everything. And it, it very much looked like a game designed for 4K. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did show off some new abilities. Like, there are sections where you can kind of run up a wall in the background and run up mm-hmm. waterfalls and things okay. in the background. Um, it, you know, look, <laughs> the best Sonic game that I feel like they've made, that I've played, I haven't mm-hmm. played Sonic Frontiers, in recent years has been that Sonic Mania game, mm-hmm. which was a 2D Sonic game, a return yeah. to sort of form. Mm-hmm. This looks like them, again, sort of returning to form. We're going to mm-hmm. make a 2D Sonic game, um, but we're going to put a lot more money into it mm-hmm. this time. And so, you know, like it looks like it could be a fun couch mm-hmm. game to play mm-hmm. with multiple people. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good Sonic. Sega's actually making decent Sonic games, so, yeah. like, mm-hmm. good for them, maybe. <laughs> Um, they showed off John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. So this was a pretty big surprise. This is due next year. Uh, this is a zombie game. Uh, and I guess the thing that really made it kind of stand out was how many zombies were on screen. So this is a game where they're kind of reminded me quite a bit of, um, you know, like, uh, oh, what what's the game I'm trying to think of? The Capcom series. Um uh- Dead Rising? Dead Rising, yeah. So mm-hmm. the first Dead Rising, that was a really big sales point of yep. it, that you could have so many zombies on screen. Mm-hmm. This one seems to be going for the same thing. Um, you know, tons of zombies on mm-hmm. screen, and you are driving around in vehicles, at least mm-hmm. in part of it. Um, and so I guess you can customize it look like maybe and build mm-hmm. onto that vehicle and add new weapons mm-hmm. and things. Um, I don't know what John Carpenter really has to do with this game. <laughs> Uh, he is a big video game player, apparently, mm-hmm. um, and talks about it in interviews. You know, there was no hint of a story in this game. So, again, I don't know how much mm-hmm. he's contributing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed off, uh, I guess they didn't really show off much of it. Mm-hmm. They showed off the cover art for mm-hmm. Marvel Spider Man 2, and they mm-hmm. dated it for October 20th. We already knew it was coming this fall. Uh, that's probably a little earlier. I think most people probably expect it mm-hmm. more around Thanksgiving for the release of that. So uh, that is going to be a huge seller. I just cannot believe anything else. That yeah. came just selling tons of copies. Oh, no, absolutely. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, they showed off Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So this is the second part of the Final Fantasy remake. 
um, and they dated this for early 2024. They had last year said that it would be this winter and nobody knew. What did they mean by winter? Yeah. <laughs> did they mean December? Or did they mean into mm-hmm. early 2024? It looks like they mm-hmm. mean into early 2024. Um, OJ, you're our big Final Fantasy fan. They showed off some new footage of this. Mm-hmm. What do you think of what you saw? So I liked it. Um, I... I'm I'm okay with it being early 24 rather than late 23 uh, because I know that they're going to polish it and make it look really good. At least I hope that they are. Um, but I don't. I I was I really appreciated uh, everything that they're putting out. Uh, and I think so. There was two discs or something. Yeah. That? Yeah. So that's the nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get right. the switch disc. Yeah. Um, which was the best part of Final Fantasy VII. No, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so now, and then we get to find out, uh, do we lose Aerith before we switch discs? <laughs> yeah, so they they hint at that, <clears throat> right, at the very yeah. end of the trailer. And I, I got to think that's a um, that's a misdirection, right? I, I think it really is, yeah. But Yeah, they, they've got to change that in some uh-huh. way. Yep. Um, she's going uh, to survive that, and then, mm-hmm. like, there will be walking out. She'll be celebrating something. will just fall on her head. Chocobo <laughs> will just drop from the sky on top of her. <laughs> or we're, we're going to lose someone else. It's going to be Cloud this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that anybody would complain. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, overall, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, so, um, you know, and they're also, they're releasing Final Fantasy sixteen later this month. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they, you know, they run into this problem of how many Final Fantasy games do you need Mm -hmm. out in a year? Yeah. Right? Like Square makes other role-playing games. You can Mm -hmm. put out other role-playing games this fall. Uh, But do you need multiple Final Fantasies or can you Mm -hmm. space those out one per year or Mm -hmm. something? And, you know, I think they do run into that problem sometimes of flooding the market. Mm -hmm. Too many Final Fantasy games and some of them get lost in the mess. Um, they showed off some more footage of Alan Wake 2. Um, that looked very cool. It looked very much like more of a survival horror game than the original. You had a guy in a deer head costume, <laughs> like, bursting through a wall. Um, and so that looked pretty cool. Um, and, you know, I guess, it, you know, it looked very much more in the vein of a Resident Evil game than the original Alan Wake yeah, and so I, uh, I I think I've talked about this before. I have a lot of really weird phobias, and one of them is people with animal heads. So <laughs> they, they really hit that for me. <laughs> I did not realize that was one of your phobias. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that game must have been terrifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they showed off Like a Dragon Gaiden. So this is the Yakuza series, which they have renamed Like a Dragon. Um, and this is a new Gaiden game. This looked very cool. Um, I think this is going back to direct control versus the sort of more Japanese role-playing game uh, style controls that the last Like a Dragon game had. I think that's because it's a guiding game. The mainline games are going to keep that Mm -hmm. RPG controls. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this looked like a Yakuza game. It looked like a Like a Dragon game, but it looked like a very pretty one. So um, they shut off a brief trailer that didn't really show much for a game called Star Trek Infinite, which is apparently going to be a strategy style game where you are um, 
I guess, battling for control of the galaxy with the Cardassians and Klingons and other races. Um, you know, Star Trek seems perfect for a strategy game. Yeah. Uh, you know, what better for a dad-style game than a dad-style IP? <laughs> um, and <laughs> I, I say this is somebody who likes Star Trek. <laughs> so uh, have there been other Star Trek games yeah, there's there's been quite a few Star oh, Trek okay. games. There's a mobile game currently, okay. um, which actually, when this trailer started, I thought was something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, but this is apparently separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the old adventure games that are very much beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, those are using the original cast. Mm-hmm. So there's okay. like the Star Trek 25th anniversary adventure mm-hmm. game. Okay. Um, and there was a first-person shooter with the uh, with Voyager, where you were like shooting the Borg. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, there's been other games over the years. There's not. I, I feel like that original adventure game um, mm-hmm. is very much thought well of and mm-hmm. sort of beloved. Okay. Um, but I don't feel like many of the other Star Trek games are very beloved. <laughs> And so I think that's part of the reason probably you're asking that question is yeah. because they're not really well thought of and talked about mm-hmm. a whole lot. Yeah. They haven't had their Star Wars moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like where there's yeah. lots of bad Star Wars games, but there's yeah. also some really great yeah, ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I was, I was going to say like, I'm, I'm, I'm not against Star Wars or Star Trek, but I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I'd heard of one, but I guess, the adventure game I probably had heard of at some point and just moved off my memory. <laughs> yeah. Um, they showed off a game called Sandland, which is from the Dragon Ball artist, I guess. Um, I know people who are really into Dragon Ball are going to hate me for like not knowing his name <laughs> offhand, but it's very much his style. Um, and apparently this is a manga uh, that they're adapting into a video game. It looked really cool uh, because it has that Dragon Ball look to it. So Mm -hmm. it very much looked like the cartoon come to Mm -hmm. life and everything on screen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all set, or at least what we saw, was all set in a desert sort of environment Mm -hmm. and everything. Um, Let's see. They showed off a game called uh, Pal World. Pal World is basically Pokemon with guns. <laughs> like, literally, what if you had Pokemon, but you gave them guns? <laughs> so, like, one of the things they show in the trailer is this Squirtle-looking character with a Gatling gun, like, firing <laughs> at other characters. Um, which, you know, we, we've talked about on this podcast before. Someday, somebody is going to make a Pokemon competitor that really catches on mm-hmm. is it going to be pokemon with guns <laughs> i mean it seems like a natural movement for pokemon so i think i think it'll probably be big <laughs> well you think about like what do people like they like fortnite yeah. mm-hmm. guns they like pokemon what if you mm-hmm. combine those two yeah. things <laughs> you get power world um they showed off lord of the rings return to moria um this this looked like I guess a uh, a sort of uh, tire defense game. Is that maybe what this is supposed to be? It showed you as a 
uh, as a dwarf like mining and so like it there was like a- aspects of it that looked very sort of minecraftish where you were like cutting through walls and everything but then they showed you building bases and enemies attacking so uh, maybe it's minecraft meets a sort of tire defense game mm-hmm. um i don't know what's your what's your estimation better or worse than Gollum? i i don't i'm not entirely sure anything could be worse than Gollum. If we're being honest, uh, so so it'll probably be at least moderately better. But I I don't think I I think that they would have pulled back on this if it were going to be anywhere near Gollum level. <laughs> so they're they're probably planning a, a this to be their saving grace rather than we we release two in the same year that are just horrible. I think you may be giving them too much credit. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to stick it for Alicia here. They uh, showed us our first scene from the Twisted Metal series. Uh, So they showed us a scene that featured uh, Sweet Tooth along with Anthony Mackie's character, who is like, I think, called John Doe or something. He's an entirely new character, not from the games. Um, Did you get a chance to watch? I didn't get a chance to watch this one. Okay. Um, This is them in a casino. So it looks like maybe they're supposed to be in Las Vegas. Um, And so, like, one of the weird things about this is they have a professional wrestler playing Sweet Tooth. But then they have, um, um, what's the actor? Um, Will um, from the Lego Batman movie. Um, Um, Arnett? Yeah, Will Arnett doing the voice. So you have a professional wrestler, and then you have Will Arnett dubbing the voice. (laughs) Um, And so he has the sweet tooth mask, so you can't Uh see his mouth anyway. So I guess it's fairly easy for them to dub. But it just just looks cheap. Mm -hmm. And so, like, Mm -hmm. the first footage they show of a Twisted Metal TV series does not feature a car Uh at all. It's just these two guys in a casino fighting each other, but they're not even really fighting because it's basically Sweet Tooth just punching him a bunch mm-hmm. and then throwing him against a uh, a slot machine. But like even when he throws him against the slot machine, he just like pushes his face mm-hmm. up against it. Like he's not throwing him mm-hmm. through the slot machines mm-hmm. or anything. It, it looks cheap mm-hmm. more than anything. Um. And, you know, as somebody who liked those original Twisted Metal games, mm-hmm. I don't know that I thought they needed to be a yeah. TV show mm-hmm. or a movie, but, like, they definitely didn't need to be a TV show that looks like this. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I was going to say, I like Will Arnett, but I don't want to, like, that doesn't sound very good right now just hearing you. Yeah, and I, I like <laughs> Anthony Mackie fine, too. Yeah. But, like, even in this, he just mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks... He just looks like he has nothing to do. Like, yeah. I mean, within the scene, they both look bored at times. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. They showed off some more footage of Life of P and, in fact, released a demo for it. So this is the Dark Pinocchio game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game looks really cool from the footage they showed. It looks very much like a sort of um, Souls-like mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, getting heavy vibes of that, but definitely with a unique sort of visual style to it. Um, I guess we'll see how that turns out. I didn't get a chance to download and play the demo, though I do want to, given what I saw of it. 
they show us some footage of Warhammer 40K Space Marine 2. I'm not probably the person to judge this, though I do know lots of people really love that first Space Marine game. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you're really into Warhammer and Space Marine, I feel like Ryan would be the closest of us to be able to judge this mm-hmm. because they're really into tabletop games. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're into uh, Warhammer mm-hmm. or not. Um, one of the weirdest surprises is that they had Nicolas Cage come out on stage. Uh, Nicolas Cage is coming to Dead by Daylight, not as a killer, <laughs> So that would be a whole lot of fun yeah. if you could chase people around and kill mm-hmm. them as Nicolas Cage. So you can play as one of the survivors uh, with a Nicolas Cage skin on the character. They showed some footage of this. Had you shown me this footage just randomly on a YouTube channel, I would assume this was a prank. Because <laughs> it's just Nicolas Cage's, you know, sort of blank expressionless yeah. face running around while a killer's chasing them. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I guess this is cool. Like Nicholas Cage is kind of a fun actor in that yeah. he does weird things and makes weird choices. Uh-huh. Right. I, he should have been a killer though. Like that's really all there is to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, my favorite question that I heard uh, that I read somebody post was, uh, is there going to be a skin of, uh, John Travolta's face? Where you, can, <laughs> you can swap them back and forth. And, man, how I wish they would have done that. <laughs> That's a missed opportunity right there. Yeah, very much. They showed off a game called Witchfire. Uh, Witchfire is coming out in September. It is a first-person shooter where you are hunting witches. Um, and, you know, it looked like a very detailed first-person shooter. I think the thing that looked kind of neat was you were in this very sort of dark fantasy uh, environment while you were playing it. So it reminded me a whole lot of the Dark Souls games, um, you know, or Elden Ring, that sort of an environment that you're going through. Um, and that aspect looked cool. It was hard to tell much more about the game from my perspective. Um, and the last game that they showed was one called Under the Waves, um, which had you piloting a, a sort of like very cool looking little submarine around and then getting out and exploring in different parts um, and just looked kind of like a neat little uh, smaller indie game. Um, Summer Games Fest was followed up by Day of the Devs, and we don't have as much to talk about there. Uh, they did show off a few different games. I think one of the neater ones that came out of that was a game called Hellskate. <laughs> which is looked like somebody took the Tony Hawk games and did a skin overlay of them where everything is like demonic and evil and you are having to battle enemies in the environment. Um, so they show like enemies firing energy blast and stuff at you and you having to like skate up and like, I guess grind on them <laughs> to like kill them and everything. I don't know. It, you know, a, a game like that to me uh, is going to depend a lot on do they get that sort of uh, feel of mm-hmm. the Tony Hawk games. Yeah. And they did specifically point out that one of the developers of the Tony Hawk mm-hmm. games is working on this game. Right. I mean, I'm sold then, really, honestly. <laughs> I mean, when it's closer to coming out, we'll see. But oh. They showed off some more footage of a game called Viewfinder. Um, 
this game to me looks really cool. You're kind of in this um, sort of weird abstract environment and you have a camera and you can take photographs and then you can take the photographs and sort of move them around to change the environment. Mm-hmm. So they showed some examples of you taking a photograph of a staircase mm-hmm. and then taking the photo and placing it somewhere else in front of you. And then that creates a staircase in the oh. environment. Um, same thing with a bridge. Um, you know, it, it looks cool. It looks mm-hmm. like that's sort of a game. You know, we've had uh, several of those, I feel like in the last few years of sort of like, how can we think outside of the yeah. traditional box mm-hmm. and manipulate our environment? Mm-hmm. Um, and this seems to be doing that in a very sort of kind of fun, cool way. I think the issue with a game like that for me is, okay, that looks really cool. Are you showing me the introductory level? And does this keep up? Can mm-hmm. this extend over the life yeah. of a game? Mm-hmm. Even a, a four or five hour game, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um. And they showed off a few other things, uh, a game called uh, Beastie Ball, which is a sort of turn-based volleyball game mm-hmm. where you're controlling different beasts that are very much kind of, again, in the style of Pokemon. Um, Hyperlight Breaker, which is the sequel to Hyperlight Drifter, or they actually note it's not a direct sequel, but it's another game set in the same universe, the same mm-hmm. environment mm-hmm. as that, has a completely new... Uh, um, graphical style and presentation to it. Uh, a game called Simpler Times, which was, um, you know, reminded me quite a bit of unpacking and those style of games of, hey, you're going to kind of be looking at memories and kind of unpacking this story as you go along. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe not traditional style gameplay, not actually like beating levels so much as like, you know, unfurling a story as you manipulate uh, objects in the environment. Uh, but it had a very cool look to it and everything. And it's coming from developers from Transylvania, which I think was like the, <laughs> the coolest <laughs> part of it. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, two big yeah. shows that happened yesterday. Uh, there's been a whole lot of other game news coming out around this as um, – Lots of people are in L.A. for these different events going on. There's more events going on over the weekend. We'll talk about those here in a couple of minutes. But we do have other news we want to get to. So one of the big things is the game Tell Me Why is back available for free for Pride Month. So they did this last year. Um, OJ, you sent mm-hmm. this on the group chat mm-hmm. uh, when you saw it. And yeah, I said I had gotten it last mm-hmm. year when they offered it free mm-hmm. on different platforms. Um yeah, this is really cool for them mm-hmm. to do this, you know, mm-hmm. each year and sort of make it into a tradition of offering yeah. this game free. Mm-hmm. Good on them for doing so. Yeah, and so I downloaded it last year, and I did, but I never played it. Um, so I'm, I'm a bad gay. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm not planning on uh, So tomorrow for us, which will probably be in the past for when people are listening, is Southern Illinois Pride Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to be telling people about that while because I'm tabling – uh, there with uh, other sisters of perpetual indulgence, and um, but then I'm going to be telling people about this too. Like, hey, go get this uh, game because I think it's fantastic. Even though I haven't played it, I've heard good things about it. So, um, and then I'll end up playing it sometime this month. <laughs> well, so, I mean, uh, so I'm playing a lot of Tears of the Kingdom, but if I can find time, I'll play it. I'll, I'll play it before next year. But no, I think it's really awesome that they're giving it for free during Pride Month. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good way of you know engaging with the community and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, <laughs> this story just broke this morning, mm-hmm. um, and we actually give Activision a lot of crap on this podcast, mm-hmm. deservedly so. And uh, this morning, there was actually some good news on the part of Activision on an action that they took. Um, so there is a FaZe Clan streamer uh, by the name of Nick Merckx um, who had a skin in Call of Duty. So you could actually skin your character and make them look like Nick Merckx. Like, I could not tell you who in the world Nick Merckx is. I don't know who any of these streamers are. Sorry. Um, but anyways, you could, uh, make your character look like Nick Merckx while playing call of duty. Nick Merckx, uh, went on social media and made some anti LGBTQ, uh, comments in a tweet. Uh, particularly it was of the nature of, um, you know, basically leave the children alone, leave kids alone and that sort of thing. People, pushed back against his comments and he doubled down and was like, no, I'm not apologizing for these. Um, and the response from Activision has said, has been, we're removing you from call of duty, mm-hmm. um, which seems like a, a good response. Um, I think particularly a good response because we are keenly aware of the amount of online, uh, harassment and hate and bullying that goes on with online games like Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have Activision sort of taking a stand and saying, hey, no, we're going to have a zero tolerance policy towards this mm-hmm. um, seems like a very positive step forward for them mm-hmm. um, and for gaming just in general. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's really good seeing seeing this happen um because so um I, i'm the head of two lgbtq organizations uh and i'm on so the social media and able to receive messages for both of them and uh this year more than any other year we're getting random people just messaging us telling us to leave kids alone and, and stuff like that it's just this big thing that's being pushed and it's not a problem it's not something that's really happening people are like oh you're uh like cutting up young children and giving them like gender reaffirming surgeries. And that just doesn't happen. Mm. People, uh, people don't know what they're talking about, but then they hear something and there's fear mongering saying, Oh, they're, you know, like cutting the breasts off of all of these young girls or something like that. That doesn't happen. Uh, it's, it's not legal in the U S to do that for minors. Like, and like the, the, the most that they can do is something that's reversible. And it's something called puberty blockers, which just stops puberty from happening until you stop taking them. And then it happens. Right. Um, but other stuff isn't happening for young people, but they assume that all of it is happening and, and stuff. And then they also think that kids are stupid. Kids aren't stupid. I knew a lot about myself, you know, growing up, but if you treat kids like they're stupid, then kids will be stupid. If you treat them like, you know, human beings who have their own thoughts and feelings and sense of self, then, you know, then, then that's how they'll be. Right. Um, so it's really nice seeing companies stick up for stuff like this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, it's, it's worse than it's been in, in a long time since like the eighties. Um, cause with the eighties, things started getting better and better and better. And now the pendulum is swinging the other way and it's getting a lot worse for trans and queer people. Um, so it's good to see companies like Activision standing up and saying, Hey, no, we're not, we're not going to deal with this. Just an immediate reversal. 
Yeah, it seems very coordinated mm-hmm. in a way that hasn't been in, you know, in recent time that I can remember, mm-hmm. at least, you know, from my perspective. And right. I'm somebody standing outside of the direct, fi- you know, firing line, mm-hmm. I guess, of the issue. Um, but it seems much more coordinated, um, you know, and obviously you see that. You go on social media and you see mm-hmm. the sort of thought leaders pushing mm-hmm. this every day. You know, yeah. just the rhetoric over and over again. Mm-hmm. You're like, what are you even talking about? Like, mm-hmm. this is not the reality that right. anybody's living in. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see that, you know, go on with video games, which is, you know, like ideally should be the safe space. Mm-hmm. We know it's not always, mm-hmm. uh, but should be the safe space of people being able to entertain and enjoy and have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like... You know, sometimes we see this with online streamers because a lot of these online streamers who are getting endorsement deals and everything are very young people, mm-hmm. um, sometimes teenagers, but sometimes even into their early 20s mm-hmm. when, you know, we know that sometimes people say and, you know, uh, express themselves in very stupid and not well thought out ways. Um, and so maybe this um, Nick Merckx will learn from this incident and, you know, like, uh, grow and be a better person, we can hope, but good for Activision for actually taking a stand. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, though, <laughs> was uh, seeing yesterday that uh, Cracker Barrel has <laughs> come out and been like, hey, we have a table for everyone, and mm-hmm. we're going to have uh, rainbow painted rocking chairs <laughs> sitting out front, and people just absolutely having a meltdown yeah. <laughs> over it. So uh, 10, 15 years ago, I think there was a big thing where Cracker Barrel was very anti-LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. And now to see them come around like this and, and post that, like, they gained people and customers for being anti-LGBTQ that they're losing now. So that's, like, there, there's a lot of arguments against rainbow capitalism and all of that. But, like, companies are, are losing people that they got before, and they're mm-hmm. still going through with this. So I think that's... I. I that's fantastic, and and more than ever, I feel supported, even by just rainbow capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, making that statement publicly mm-hmm. as a company, you know, Activision doing this publicly as a mm-hmm. company, saying, yeah. you know, it, Activision could sort of ignore this, yeah, mm-hmm. right, and there wouldn't be a whole lot of blowback against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'd be blowback against this particular streamer, yeah. but a lot of that wouldn't land on Activision, mm-hmm. right. So they're being proactive mm-hmm. um, and taking the stand, and you know they should be applauded. Yep. Lord knows we give them enough grief <laughs> for everything yeah. else they do wrong. Yeah. So when they do something right, we should do positive, you know, affirmation, mm-hmm. <laughs> reaffirm it. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Um, so um, Apple had their big uh, uh, event on uh, Monday. Um, and I guess we didn't really talk about this. We had uh, talked about it in a group chat and everything, sort of our mm-hmm. initial reactions. They showed off their new uh, Apple Vision Pro. Mm-hmm. It's going to be $3,500. Mm-hmm. We talked about last week at 3000 so they came in $500 mm-hmm. more. But, you know, when you're at $3,000, what is $500 more, I suppose? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, let's talk about that first. What was your sort of reaction to the headset itself? Okay, so I 
am not an Apple fan. I haven't been for a long. I haven't been an Apple fan since the Apple IIe, if that says anything. Uh, so <laughs> you have to be old enough to know what the Apple yeah. IIe is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let me see. When when I was in fifth, sixth grade, I think we had an Apple IIe in my classroom because we um, and we. I remember playing an adventure game that was based off of um, a crack in time. Wait, no. Uh, something in time. A wrinkle in time? Wrinkle in time, that's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I get brain not working today. Um, a crack in time is the uh, Ratchet and Clank game. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> and not quite not quite then. But um, And so I remember have, like playing on an Apple IIe, and I really enjoyed it. After that, though, I have not been a fan of Apple products. So seeing this, which just the, like, the, the face covering masking and uh just how it how it allegedly looks i don't know if it will look like that but how it kind of looks i i would consider getting one if i had thirty five hundred dollars yeah <laughs> not even thirty five hundred spare just thirty five hundred dollars i would probably go without some stuff to buy it um <laughs> because it just looks cool it looks like everything that tvs have said that computers would be <laughs> in the future mm-hmm. right um just like grabbing stuff, moving it around, and it doesn't look that bulky. I would have expected it to be a lot bulkier. So uh, very, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I would go against my Apple feelings to get one if yeah. I could. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alicia and I talked about this last week. That mm-hmm. you know the thing that makes this exciting is that Apple tends to, when they get into a market, Mm -hmm. push that market forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when Apple gets into phones, right, Mm -hmm. obviously they revolutionize phones. Like we had smartphones, but they weren't all that Mm -hmm. smart. Yeah. And you know, it's not that Apple alone came up with everything. Mm -hmm. It's not that Apple alone did all the innovations, Yeah. but they, you know, they laid down a marker and mm-hmm. everybody else said, we have to get ahead of that. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. really pushed, you know, Google with Android and mm-hmm. other companies to yeah. innovate mm-hmm. and do really cool stuff. Um, you know, and as I often say to people now, it doesn't matter what you have. Mm-hmm. An Android, iPhone, mm-hmm. they're basically the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know some people will flip out at me saying <laughs> that, but <laughs> they really are. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what, with mo- what most people are doing with them, mm-hmm. right? Um, Apple did the same thing with... Uh, tablets, right? Mm-hmm. The iPad really yep. laid down a marker. We had had tablet computers mm-hmm. for a while, but they were clunky, not that useful. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you see so many people using tablet computers, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Not necessarily the iPad, mostly mm-hmm. the iPad, yeah. but like they do use other things and they've really changed. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like they did the same thing with uh, smartwatches. Mm-hmm. They really pushed that forward. Um, you know, and so seeing them get into the VR, AR market, you know, and we're coming at this from a video game standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a market that has stalled, mm-hmm. you know, and we talked about this with the PlayStation VR 2, mm-hmm. that that looks incredibly cool, mm-hmm. but at $550, it's not doing enough new right. to excite us, mm-hmm. really. And what Apple showed off at this, granted, it's $3,500, mm-hmm. <laughs> is exciting yeah. to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, the completely controllerless interface mm-hmm. where you're just, like, pinching your fingers and everything mm-hmm. in order to, like, uh, interact with things. Uh, the sort of interaction with things in your environment, mm-hmm. right? So, like, 
you're looking at a web browser, but it's just sort of floating in the environment mm-hmm. around you. Um, so you're not completely isolated, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I think is one of the coolest innovations that they showcase mm-hmm. yeah. in this. Um, you know, because you and I have, I know, have talked about this before that you put on, we both have the Quest 2, mm-hmm. you put that on, and it's a cool experience, but it's an experience that completely isolates you yeah. from everyone mm-hmm. else around you. Yep. And what Apple's showing is an attempt to mitigate that yeah. in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, to me, and I've used a, a few different headsets, it looks like their software is doing that better than anyone else has mm-hmm. ever done that. Yeah. And that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And that's just exciting because people want to be where Apple is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money where Apple yeah. is. And the people who are going to go spend $3,500 on a headset, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of people have said, well, this is really a dev kit. This is really, you know, this isn't meant for mass consumers and everything. I, I sort of agree with that, but also everybody wants to jump on that. All the developers want to jump on it because they know in another year or two, Apple's going to release a cheaper consumer version, mm-hmm. and there's a good chance that will take off. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the ground level when that happens – you know, you stand a chance to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, you know, there was um, there was a few different news stories that came out after the presentation where uh, different companies were like, "Yeah, we're going to port our VR games to this uh, mm-hmm. to the Vision Pro," and people were like, "Oh, I'm kind of surprised by that." I'm like, "Why would you be surprised mm-hmm. by that? Right. Of course you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> of course you would want your." you know, VR software on there, it's not like there's a whole lot of VR platforms right right now, you know, and each one of them has a very tiny segment of the population. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that's, what's exciting to me about it. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, you're right. It looks really cool. It looks uh, very kind of sleek. You know, the sort of transparent, like, look through at the eyes. Mm -hmm. It's not really transparent. It's an OLED screen that's like taking a video of your eyes and putting it on there, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But all of that looks cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just me looking at it, I just Mm -hmm. kept thinking, this is something, like, even if I don't buy one and I'm, I can't imagine myself buying one at $3,500. but even if I didn't buy one, it's just something I want to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I don't feel that way with most VR headsets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, since the very early, like, Oculus, mm-hmm. you know, demo kits and everything were coming out. And I don't feel that way with most technology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm looking at thinking, like, what's the last time I felt that way with really a new technology? And it was something like the Wii. Yeah. You know, the first mm-hmm. time you saw the Wii, you just wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't think you would go buy a Wii, you were like, I want to try that and see if it works as Mm -hmm. well as it does. And I feel like they're doing the same thing with this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Apple stores are going to be overrun Mm -hmm. with lines (laughs) of people wanting to try Mm -hmm. these out. Yeah. And long term, that seems good for VR. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's exciting. Yeah. Um, Maybe not $3,500 worth of stuff. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I don't use my Quest 2 $3,500 worth. Yeah. So um, there's some more stuff that came out as part of that uh, 
Apple Worldwide Developer Conference. So they showcased the game porting toolkit for Mac. Um, so this is new software that is supposedly going to make it much easier to port games from PC to Mac, where it's going to be, you know, the way they, they talked about it, it would cut down the porting time significantly. It would be a matter of just like bringing your code into this toolkit and it would do much of the work for you. Um, apparently as part of that, there is a way to sort of like emulate games on a Mac using that toolkit. Um, and people are already who have access to the software are already emulating like Elden Ring on the, from the Mm. PC and playing it on their Mac using this. Um, so think of it sort of like, um, you know, wine for, um, uh, for Linux platforms, Mm -hmm. which lets you run windows apps Mm -hmm. and everything. So people are already doing this. And so, you know, the, the outcome of this is that this might be just a mild inconvenience for people to port games to Mac. Mm -hmm. And if they'll do that, then maybe this means a whole lot more software running on Macs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which would be good, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, if I could just own one computer (laughs) instead of having a Mac and a gaming PC, Mm -hmm. I would do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, but I really like using a Mac day to day to work on, but you know, there just aren't enough games for it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so so related to this too, um, I don't know if you saw Whoopi Goldberg, uh, was complaining that Diablo four wasn't on a Mac. Like she couldn't play it on a Mac. Um, and she was mad that it wasn't being ported over. And uh, so while I get that, because most people can only afford a PC or a Mac and they're not going to get both. Right. right? Um, so other people with Mac shouldn't be denied the game, but also like, whoopee, you can buy a gaming PC. <laughs> like, and, and what I said originally too was like, whoopee, you could have Henry Cavill come over and build you a, a gaming PC probably <laughs> if you wanted to. So like, <laughs> I, that I might get, be worth it alone, right? right exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I like, I understand what you're saying, Whoopi, but also, like, like, I, you're not the person to lead this fight, I don't think. Right. Um, but yeah, like, so, but then seeing this, Diablo Four might be coming pretty soon. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I, I guess what I would say about that is the previous Diablo games mm-hmm. have come out on Mac. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of surprising that yeah. Diablo 4 is not mm-hmm. out on Mac. And I would also say that somebody like Whoopi is, you know, I feel like the Diablo games have very much been dad games. Mm-hmm. They sold them in Walmart, um, and they were big sellers in Walmart because mm-hmm. you would just see, you know, them constantly there and each new battle chest and, mm-hmm. you know, all the different, like, combinations mm-hmm. and everything set up over there. Um, and so I feel like there's a lot of people who don't normally play video games who are buying Diablo mm-hmm. at Walmart. Yeah. Traditionally, mm-hmm. they've been doing this, right? right? I don't yeah. think they carry any PC games now. Mm-hmm. But, like, they would go in, they would buy that and stuff. Mm-hmm. People like my dad who would buy Lynx, you know, the golf game, mm-hmm. to play on his PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not going to go buy a ton of other mm-hmm. video games. And I think Whoopi may just be that type of person. Mm-hmm who plays Diablo Mm -hmm. and when, and just assumed like, Oh, somebody told her there's a new Diablo out. And she was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I just played on my Mac. Like I did Mm -hmm. the last Diablo. Yeah. And then probably, you know, maybe, and I don't know Whoopi, um, maybe it's not technically literate enough to like Mm -hmm. understand like, no, you need a dedicated Mm -hmm. gaming PC to play this. Um, That's fair. 
you know, like, but yeah, I mean, financially, yeah, I, I think Whoopi Goldberg can afford a gaming mm-hmm. PC. If yeah. nothing else, right, this seems like the perfect opportunity for one of these PC manufacturers to send her mm-hmm. uh, a tricked out gaming yeah. PC. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, she's on the view. Mm-hmm. She can go on there and be like, oh, thanks. You know, Alienware. Yeah, <laughs> thanks Alienware for mm-hmm. the new PC, and mm-hmm. like here's me playing Diablo Four on yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that seems like a, a really cool opportunity. If one mm-hmm. of those companies doesn't take advantage of it, I don't, they're really missing yeah. out. I feel honestly, like. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Um. So um, let's see. Um, also, as part of that, they showed off a game mode. Uh, a game mode on the Mac will um, cut back on background processes mm-hmm. and everything and sort of like just focus all the uh, uh, resources of running the computer mm-hmm. other than basic OS stuff yeah. on the game. So mm-hmm. again, Apple every few years does this. They make some inroads. They go, look, mm-hmm. we're taking games seriously <laughs> now. And uh-huh. I don't know how seriously you should take mm-hmm. them, but if they can make this super easy for people to port over games, mm-hmm. then the outcome may be people do it because hey, it's just not that much more effort right, right. for us to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they may not put them on the Mac store, but at least put them onto Steam mm-hmm. so that if you buy it on Steam, you get the Mac and PC mm-hmm. version. And so I have a yeah. lot of Mac games. I didn't buy them to play on Mac, but mm-hmm. I got them through Steam, and mm-hmm. I can play them on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Payday 3 has got an official release date of September 21st. Um EA is uh, making an agreement to move the ongoing development and operation of their MMO, Star Wars The Old Republic, to uh, Broadsword Online games as Bioware focuses on Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Um, So this seems like not necessarily a sunsetting of The Old Republic, Mm -hmm. but certainly a moving it away as a top priority for Mm -hmm. uh, Bioware. Yeah. So more of their team can be focused on these new games they're working on. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge is getting downloadable content called uh, Dimension Shellshock. It's adding new levels, a new game mode, and Usagi Yojimbo, the Samurai Rabbit, (laughs) which is super cool. If you grew up with Ninja Turtles, then you're probably super excited just to be able to play as him, because I certainly am. Um Let's see. Universal and Illumination are apparently nearing a deal on a Legend of Zelda film. So we had talked about this, obviously. Uh, We talked about our concerns of Illumination doing a Zelda film, that it definitely needs a different tone, different feel Mm -hmm. than the Super Mario Brothers movie. We talked about, like, you can do a Donkey Kong film in that style. You can do even a Kirby film in that style. Mm -hmm. But Zelda needs something different. How do you feel? Do you think they're going to be able to handle that? I don't know. I I feel like companies that are outside of Nintendo trying to do Zelda things haven't worked very well in the past, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Uh, so um, as long as they don't have Link say, excuse me, princess. Uh, don't you feel like they almost have well, okay, to have yeah. that? So, so one time in there, <laughs> but not the whole, not the whole movie. Yeah. But, um, like I, I hope, I hope that they can give it, do it justice because, it, it yeah, I, I, I would hate to see a bad Legend of Zelda film. I feel like they have him bump into her 
by yeah. mistake. <laughs> and he goes, oh, well, excuse me, princess. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's the way they work it in yeah. there, right? It's just mm-hmm. more of an Easter egg than calling it out yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, Sir Canna's uh, Player Pulse. Um, so this is doing some surveying of who's actually playing video games. So, so far in the U.S. during 2023, 47% of console video game players are female. 50% of PC video game players are female. 54% of mobile video game players are female. Uh, By the way, generally about 51% of the population is female, um, just to kind of like put these numbers in perspective and everything. So in the mobile front, more women are playing uh, video games than they actually are part of the population. And PC, it's just about, you know, at the right split. It's a little under on console games. Um, and then there's some additional um, stats broken down via consoles. I think the one that's most interesting is 52% of Switch consoles are female-owned. So, um, you know, again, above that 51% and everything. Um the thing that I think that's maybe most kind of interesting about this is when you look at the Switch, when you look at mobile, we look at PC, women are interested in games. Mm-hmm. Women are playing games, right? This is sort of contrary to the, you know, traditional, like, um, stereotypes mm-hmm. that have been held both in the video game industry and even outside of it. Um, and when we look at that, it's lower on these, you know, consoles. So 47% of consoles. And then that drops even lower when you look at individually. PlayStation mm-hmm. 5 is at 41%. Uh, Xbox Series consoles are at 45%. Um, I think when you start looking at those numbers, you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, what are those consoles not doing to attract mm-hmm. that female population? Yeah that Switch is doing, that PC is doing, that mobiles are obviously doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mobiles, everyone has a mobile phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's an easy gateway. But, like, women are still spending money mm-hmm. onto, you know, a Switch. 50% mm-hmm. of gaming PCs are owned by women, it says. So, like, women are going out and spending money. Whoopee, you would not be outside the norm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um but, you know, like, this seems like progress and everything. Um, I, I do sort of wonder if you know, we, we've talked about it on here before. I know when we did um, we did a presentation a couple years ago when we first started the podcast, uh, Alicia and I with a couple of other women, one of the things that we talked about on there was that um, sometimes women are, by the way, that's one of our first episodes of this podcast you can find in the feed. But one of the things that we talked about is that women are kind of, young girls are kind of play video games up to a point and then you know, like around the middle school age, a lot of times they're kind of discouraged from playing video games. And then oftentimes they'll come back later, like, you know, in college or post-college or something, they'll come back and start playing games again. I don't think that happens as much as it did maybe when you mm-hmm. and I were growing right. up where yeah. it felt like that was very much the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this might be a sign that that's happening still to some extent. Mm-hmm. Right, because right. we generally think of consoles being more owned by young people, mm-hmm. gaming PCs, because of the price. Right. Like you know, um, that's something that you're going to buy when you're older mm-hmm. and everything. Whoopee. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but generally a positive trend. It seems mm-hmm. like it seems like yep. more women playing video games, and that stereotype being broken down. Mm-hmm. 
Because I, yeah, so I remember in, in grade school, middle school, and high school, I think almost all of the people that I knew that played video games were, were the boys, mm-hmm. right? Um, and girls always say, oh, that's a boy thing. Like, because that's just how hard it was pressed then. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I think it's been less over time. And especially within the past like 10 years or so, it's been opened up a lot more uh, so that it's okay for women to play. They don't have to hide. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I teach the video games class, and I've taught that class now for you know over a let's say a ten year period. And one of the things that I've noticed even is more women take that class now. <laughs> and like when I first start teaching that class, I think the first time I taught, it, I had maybe like one woman in the mm-hmm. class, and now I usually have a handful of mm-hmm. women in the class at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at times even getting close to fifty percent and. That seems, even the idea, like, you know, I think there's more women who are playing video games than are taking that class. But I think now those women don't feel uh, as concerned to Mm -hmm. take the class. Like, they feel like they'll be accepted Mm -hmm. into the class and everything. Um, Not so much for me, but I think from their classmates, Mm -hmm. there was that concern. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely a positive trend Mm -hmm. that we're seeing. Um, All right. E3 uh, schedule, um, yeah, we know it's not actually E3, but like, <laughs> what else are we going to call it? Yeah. Um, we still have several things coming up. So over this weekend, we have the Wholesome Direct, the Future Game Show Direct, Xbox Game Showcase, the Starfield Direct, the PC Gaming Show, all of that's over Saturday and Sunday. Then Monday, we have the Ubisoft Forward, and Capcom has announced their Capcom Showcase. So that's something entirely new. That's coming Monday as well. Then on late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, we'll get the Grasshopper Direct. And then Annapurna Interactive Showcase is coming June 29th, so much later into the month. Um, So, yeah, still a ton of stuff going on over the next, uh, just really the next few days. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we will probably actually do uh, another episode next week. We're going to try to squeeze one in. Some of our schedules might get in the way, but we're going to try to squeeze an episode in so we can talk about, because we presume there'll be a lot of breaking news coming out over this weekend. Um, So definitely tune in to some of that. But before we head out of here, we do have our big question. Um, Apropos of nothing, our big question is, which video game character most deserves to be indicted? And they know what for. Mm-hmm. Um, so not related to any sort of, you know, current events or anything. Mm-hmm. But of course not. if you had one video game that uh, character that could be indicted for their crimes against, well, maybe humanity, maybe against, you know, the pixel population, mm-hmm. um, which video game character would you choose? Uh, OJ. I'm going to say Noctis, Final Fantasy 15. He knows what he did. <laughs> so you're just going to leave it at that? He yep. knows? <laughs> I, I just think he's a hor- he was a horrible ruler before he became a ruler. He was horrible while he was a ruler. He's just a horrible person. I, he's the worst main character of any of the Final Fantasy games, even even worse than Jack. So, All right. Yeah. All right. So we have... <laughs> We have a vote for Noctis to be indicted. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I had a few different ideas and everything. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like this is one of those situations where 
the Belmont clan mm. um, probably needs to be indicted, mm. like for criminal conspiracy by mm. the whole family. <laughs> um, you know, for hundreds of years, the Belmonts have kept themselves in business fighting Dracula, right? So every hundred years, but wait, it's not every hundred years. Sometimes he comes back three years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dracula comes back and starts killing people. And then the Belmonts are like, Hey, we're the only ones who can kill him. <laughs> right. Hey, everybody townspeople. And you know, you should give me a discount on this white crystal because I'm the only one who's going to be able to go <laughs> kill Dracula for you. And I don't know, like, right. We never see Dracula outside of Castlevania. So like we never see him out in the countryside, like feeding on people <laughs> or anything. So do we even know that this isn't just some elaborate scam by the Belmont family? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if think about it. If there was a family that suddenly told you, hey, we are the only thing standing between the world and complete ruin. So, you know, like give us like your whips and your like armor and your swords and everything, and we'll just go fight this. Mm-hmm. And then in 20 years, my son's going to need to do the same thing. <laughs> um, you know, like the Belmonts are basically the royal family. Mm-hmm. Like you need us to be mm-hmm. in power. You need to keep us in luxury or mm-hmm. like everything's going to hell. Yeah. And like, I feel like we know better with the royal family mm-hmm. and we should learn by now. We should know better with the Belmonts. Well, I, so it also seems kind of like Dracula turned the tables on them too with the Soma, right? Just like push them out of power. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe somebody stepped in and like got in on their scam and did it better than them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. At one point, Dracula tried to get his son involved. Uh And, you know, we all saw how that went. His son tried to usurp his dad, and like Uh there's all sorts of problems. So basically, what I'm saying is, the Castlevania series is basically the succession show, like as a video <laughs> game. And that's how we should all approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That does it for this week. So, uh, one thing too, so, uh, we're talking about Noctis. I feel like Final Fantasy 15 kind of was an indictment of Noctis. Like now that, now that I think about it. Okay. The main character was coming back for crimes against him from the family, from the past. So it was an indictment, so I feel better about the game now. Now thinking about it in that that context, and who knows what you might have learned if they had done all the DLC there was yeah. originally <laughs> supposed to. Because <laughs> then they like only do one of the three mm-hmm. DLCs that they announced. Yeah, yeah. well, was, I've only played one of the three. They might have done the other ones, but I was just like, <laughs> I know they canceled at least one. Yeah. I, th- I think they canceled mm-hmm. two of them. Yeah, yeah. so. Well, we'll see what they do with uh, Final Fantasy 16. The one that they're saying is inspired by Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So there will be all sorts of characters that need to go to prison yeah. after that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. That does it for this week. Uh, I want to thank OJ Duncan for joining me. Um, we, as I said, should try to be back next week um, and talk about all these shows going on over the weekend. We're going to have to figure that out with people's schedules and everything. Obviously, as you can see, only two of us here this week. Mm-hmm. Um, just difficult with scheduling. Uh, Alicia, for example, is off like celebrating our savior Superman with uh, the annual festival that <laughs> Southern Illinois does to like praise Superman. 
the rededicating his statue and everything. You really think about it. There's like this really like pagan quality going on yeah. to <laughs> how we treat Superman in Southern mm-hmm. Illinois. Um, but uh, anyways, um, we should be back uh, very soon with a new episode and everything. Until then, thanks for listening and we'll be back soon. Bye.